Hi, Habibis. I just wanted to let you all know that Habibti Please is part of the Harbinger Media Network. This network is very important to me and others as a group of progressive voices creating independent media that challenges predominant narratives told in right-wing and liberal media. I want to recommend some shows I personally enjoy that are part of the Harbinger Media Network, such as Rob Rousseau's 49th Parahal, as well as the Indigenous storytelling series Feel Rouge, which features stories from Indigenous communities in the far north of Quebec. Harbinger is listener supported. You can get subscriber specific content when you head over to harbingermedianetwork.com and subscribe. My name is Noah Colwin, and I'm a journalist and co-host of the podcast Blowback and a contributing editor at Jewish Currents Magazine. Canadian MP Nikki Ashton is no anti-Semite, and neither is former British Labour Party chair Jeremy Corbyn. But they are being accused falsely of being anti-Semites because of what their political opponents fear, a united, uncompromising, and internationalist socialist left. Anti-Jewish bigotry is real and destructive. Over the last few years, it has become obvious how anti-Jewish rhetoric has seeped into the mainstream, particularly on the far right. This makes it all the more shameful that accusations of anti-Semitism have been twisted into a false narrative. This false narrative is not about anti-Semitism, really. It's a narrative that casts supporters of Israeli government policy as victims, a false narrative that turns defenders for human rights in Israel, Palestine, and everywhere else, like Jeremy Corbyn and Nikki Ashton, this false narrative turns them into villains. Rather than look at the hard stuff, international support for the Israeli government's actions and Islamophobia that's rampant in both the UK and North America, the false narrative, the easy narrative, pins the blame on the people who point out the problem. To smear these people, people like Nikki Ashton and Jeremy Corbyn, and by extension, the organizers of their upcoming interview, the Progressive International. A group that was started, I'd like to point out, by Bernie Sanders and Naomi Klein. Just going to let that sit there. Now, the news media and legions of politicians are able to rally around this false narrative because of what it obscures from view. It hides the legitimate topic of how Canadian, British, and American governments support Israel's 50-plus year military occupation of the West Bank and how they support the brutal Israeli blockade of Gaza, where families struggle with clean water and electricity on a daily basis. Again, the false narrative doesn't just tell a story about anti-Semitism. It hides a story about a human rights catastrophe, one that has been in plain sight for years. The only way to challenge false narratives like these is through collective action. International solidarity, the kind with the real power to change the world for the better permanently, is the topic of Nikki Ashton's and Jeremy Corbyn's virtual conversation on March 20th. If, like me, you want to be part of the campaign to build that better world, then please tune in. I hope to see you there, or however it works now in the pandemic. Hey everyone, welcome to the 25th episode of Hibibdi Please. As you just heard from Noah, now more than ever we need to be united. This episode is going to be providing a brief introduction to one organization attempting to unite leftists across the world. This organization is Progressive International. Progressive International works to connect people to build a better world that's powered by people and movements on the ground. Progressive International has partners and council members globally who are leaders attempting to build this better world. 
When the first Canadian event was announced earlier this month, it was pretty exciting, but it's already faced a lot of criticism from mainstream media, as well as allegedly progressive thinkers in Canada who hold some power in institutions. We know now more than ever is the time to have internationalist approaches in Canada and to build solidarities across borders. Next, you're going to hear from David Adler of Progressive International. The crises of our century threaten the extinction of all life in all nations across all continents. In this context, internationalism is not a luxury. It is a strategy for survival. And yet, at precisely the moment when we need it most, international solidarity has gone missing in action. And that is why social movements, trade unions, political parties, and activists around the world came together to launch the Progressive International, to make solidarity more than a slogan. Our task is to recognize each other's struggle as our own, to organize our communities to take part in that struggle, and to join forces across borders in a common defense of people and planet. Canada is a critical terrain of that struggle, from the dispossession of its indigenous communities to the extraction of resources from peoples far beyond its borders. Nikki Ashton is leading a courageous fight to transform Canada in the political economy of extraction and exploitation on which it currently rests. And for this, she has been pilloried. Make no mistake, it is Nikki's courage, her steadfast principles, her willingness to stand up for people in places as far away as Brazil and Palestine that make her the enemy of reactionary forces in Canada and indeed around the world. On March 20th, Nikki and Jeremy Corbyn will host a fundraiser in support of the Progressive International, a fundraiser that will directly fund campaigns like Make Amazon Pay, uniting workers across Amazon's global supply chain to take on the world's richest man. They will fund delegations in defense of democracy at frontline territories like Bolivia and Ecuador. And they will fund a team of over 200 translators that make multilingual internationalism possible in the first place, and so much more. So we hope that you will join us for this critical conversation on building solidarity and show yours with a donation at whatever price you can afford to pay to the cause of 21st century internationalism. I will see you there. Like you just heard from Noah and David, these discussions are important. And it's very important that we fight any smears that try to quell these discussions and dissent, because who's next? Throughout this episode, you're going to hear clips that have been submitted and sent in in solidarity and support from different leftists from across the world, but also across this country, where we have a clear desire to have these discussions. We want to have and see independent foreign policy. We want to see a government that doesn't support coups in other countries or attempted coups. We want to see justice globally and as well as in this country. And so together, united, we never will be defeated. Hope you enjoy this episode and support this event. Hey, everyone. It's a lovely Sunday here in Mississauga, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan, to welcome friend of the show, Nikki Ashton, once again. Uh, Nikki was first elected as an MPA at the age of 26, and she's been on our show before, and we're glad to have her because she's a youthful member of parliament who inspires a lot of us. So today, we're super excited to be talking about an upcoming event Nikki has with Jeremy Corbyn called Building Solidarity, a conversation with Jeremy Corbyn and Nikki Ashton. And we want to talk about the group that's hosting this and why conversations like this are invaluable to a growing left Canadian movement. The event is happening on Saturday, March 20th, 2021 from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. All right, Nikki, how are you today? 
I'm great. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy to be connecting with, uh, with you, Ryan, and with you, Nashua. I'm a huge fan of, of your podcast. I had a great time connecting with you a few months ago. And, uh, you know, and for me, it was very important to also connect with you and, and the community that you've created around, around this really exciting event. In fact, uh, the first of its kind, right? The first Canadian based event for Progressive International. So I'm excited to talk more about this with you. Thank you so much. And we wanted to know a short history of Progressive International for the audience so they can know kind of the origin story of it and a few of the tenets of the organization and the kind of declaration you folks have formed for this organization. Well, first off, uh, to back it up, in uh, 2018, December of 2018, I was invited by the Sanders Institute, uh, hosted by Bernie Sanders in Vermont, uh, to take part in a gathering of progressives from around the world. There were activists, advocates, artists, politicians from all around the world. People like, of course, Bernie Sanders, Yanis Varoufakis, uh, Naomi Klein, Cornel West, uh, Fernando Haddad, Ada Colau, people from all over over the world who are unabashedly progressive uh, who have uh, in their in their life's work denounced uh, neoliberalism who are calling and and, and actively working on building a, uh, a transformative vision for our world right in their communities across our countries and around the world and the idea was at that time and continues to be, how can we build a network of progressives around the world? How can we build solidarity to push for that transformative vision, right? One that is taking on the need for social, environmental, and economic justice. I was asked to be one of the, uh, th a Canadian council member or a council member, and I'm one of three here in Canada. The others are Avi Lewis and Naomi Klein. So the three of us are, are you know, uh, council members from our country, but there's people from all over the world. It's a nascent organization, and there were a couple of events that sort of slowed things down for a bit. For example, when Bernie Sanders ran for president, the Sanders Institute had to go on pause, and uh, so some of the capacity there was redirected, obviously. And then, uh, and then of course, things started coming back online, and then COVID hit. So like everything else, like all other activism, uh, we had to find new ways to uh, have those conversations and uh, and engage in the kinds of campaigns that Progressive International you know believes in right uh, and uh, you know the last six months have been pretty active you know folks I think especially progressives uh, here in our own country may have seen the make Amazon pay campaign so that was Progressive International together uh, we brought uh, Amazon workers like workers in the warehouses, trade unionists. Uh, we, we brought in advocates uh, on, uh, you know, on climate change and, and how Amazon's uh, activity uh, actually contributes uh, to, uh, to carbon emissions and, and, uh, and, and the climate uh, emergency that we're facing. Uh, we also heard from politicians, right? And there was a global campaign to do just that call for making Amazon, uh, to making Amazon pay. Right. Uh, they're also very much uh, Progressive International is also very much involved in supporting people's movements around the world. Uh, in fact, I was invited to take part in the delegation that went to Bolivia to oversee the elections there. Jeremy Corbyn was part of that delegation. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go at the time. Uh, they also sent a delegation to Ecuador. You know, they've shown support for the, the massive uh, strikes and, and, and uh, actions taken by farmers in India. 
right? So this is an organization that's rooted in communities around this world, engaged with frontline activists around the world. And the idea is to to, to learn from each other, to talk to each other, to support our campaigns, and really to inspire one another, building that solidarity uh, to, to push for the kinds of change we want to see, yes, at the global level, but also at the local and national level. So it's interconnected. And let's, you know, let's face it, the right learns from each other, right? We know that they're well-connected. Uh, we know the rich around the world, you know, the capitalist class is well-connected. So the question is, you know, how can we build that solidarity? How can we build a global movement for change? And I believe that Progressive International is and can be key to that, uh, that, that global movement for change. Awesome. So can you tell us what is an internationalist and how does one be an internationalist? I mean, first of all, you know, many of our, our movements, our progressive movements were you know, a central tenet has been internationalism, right? Recognizing that uh, people's struggles around the world are common struggles, uh, right? And and uh, working people's struggles, uh, indigenous people's struggles, uh, struggles of of uh, migrant workers, uh, struggles of 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 women, of members of of uh, racialized uh, communities, and uh, you know, and 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 queer communities, right? And and so many of our struggles have crossed borders in so many ways, right? And we know that there's been, you know, global organizations in the past, socialist, international. Um, we know, obviously, there's been global movements, uh, the World Social Forum, you know, and and uh, and we know that, that people, you know, both on the electoral side, but also very much on the grassroots side, have a proud history of, of connecting internationally. But let's face it. I mean, one of the things that that neoliberalism has done so effectively is to break down those linkages, right? The push to see us all, uh, for us to see ourselves as individuals, right, is, uh, uh, you know, doesn't just separate us from our communities, but in, and across our countries, but also globally as well, right? You know, you're different because you live in Canada, you know, so what you're dealing with is not not the same as what somebody is dealing with in, you know, country X, right? And uh, yeah, sure, of course there are differences, but there are immense similarities and there is power in seeing those similarities and finding ways to take on these struggles collectively. Yes, here in our own country, but also around the world, right? And, um, you know, and I think what we've seen in this pandemic is very clearly how neoliberalism has let all of us down. Right. In fact, you know, so many of people have paid the price of neoliberalism with their lives. Right. Our elders, our seniors in the care homes here in our own country, indigenous communities, right, that have been disproportionately impacted, racialized workers on the front lines, uh, you know, in uh, warehouses, in meat packing plants. Right. And so, you know, and, and so many of these struggles are happening in, in other countries. And that's why I'm excited to have that conversation with Jeremy Corbyn. Right. Who, who is obviously rooted in the UK, a country that has been rocked by COVID-19, where we've seen a right-wing government, uh, you know, uh, uh, fail the, the people in, in the UK, right? So, you know, so, so how can we learn from this particular crisis and the way neoliberalism has let us down, the way in which the system has let us down? And how can we learn from each other what is needed to rebuild, you know, what is needed to rebuild a, 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 a future uh, that uh, that centers the well-being of people, 
right? Again, people before profit. And so I, I believe that uh, there's immense potential in the work of, of internationalism, especially at this time. And that's why I'm excited that, uh, that, we, that this event is coming up. Hi there. My name is Alex V. Green. I'm a journalist and student, and I'm based here in Toronto. And I'm just calling in to say, first of all, how much of a fan I am of your podcast and how much I appreciate the conversations that you're having. And relatedly, how absolutely crucial and urgent it is that we on the left, we who imagine ourselves as the organized left in Canada, mobilize meaningfully and concretely around anti-imperialism. Even the so-called left-wing parties in Canada are generally progressive, except for Palestine, principally. Though that same, that same concept extends in a lot of sort of anti-imperialist issues. Left-wing parties and, and even a lot of left-wing organizations are silent on issue of Palestine, the issue of Canadian arms sales that are going towards the genocidal destruction of Yemen and the Yemeni resistance to Saudi and, and allied imperialist aggression. They're silent on uh, elections meddling in, in South America, Latin America, the use of slave labor in, in Africa and Southeast Asia for the benefit of, of Western capitalist entities. The list goes on and on. And it's really important for Canadian progressives to understand that the same issues that are impacting us here in, in this country are similar to, though felt at a much more exacerbated and protracted and horrifying degree in the global South. And that these are united struggles and that only by viewing them that way can we come any closer to actually defeating the real dangers that impact us, not just as a country, but as a human society around the world, which I know sounds a little corny, but sometimes it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to, to think big without getting a little bit corny, which is why I think it's, it's so meaningful and necessary that there are people in Canada who are willing to put their careers and their reputations on the line by standing with Palestine at a time when it feels like the entire world is turning against Palestine, particularly Palestinian political prisoners and uh, the people of Gaza, which is widely regarded, including by Dr. Angela Davis, as the largest open-air prison in the world unlivable conditions, especially right now during the pandemic. This is an issue that affects all of us and that sadly implicates all of us. And it's really necessary for progressives of all stripes to join together in anti-imperialist struggle and solidarity, not only with the Palestinian people, but with all indigenous people and colonized people and oppressed people worldwide. Hi, my name is James Wiltz. I'm a Winnipeg-based writer, student, and author. I support events like the upcoming conversation organized by Progressive International between Jeremy Corbyn and Nikki Ashton, as it's more important than ever that our socialism be genuinely internationalist in scope and learn from the successes and failures of experiments in other places. The slander against Corbyn and his left-wing labor leadership is despicable, and it's extremely distressing and ultimately not surprising to see high-ranking members of the so-called left in Canada regurgitating right-wing attacks against the project. Nikki Ashton should be commended on her continued courage in the face of party discipline, and getting as many people out to this event as possible will be a great way to show support for her in this time.
one thing in the declaration that I was excited to see beyond so many um, words and kind of theoretical anchors that uh, make me, I don't know, it's nice to see the word feminist in a document or a declaration and people not be scared to still use these words or decolonize or decolonization is not a metaphor. And one of the phrases was internationalism or extinction. And so why, why are internationalist perspectives vital and valuable? And how has maybe the Canadian um, left or like kind of left electoral politics lacked internationalist perspectives sometimes and internationalism? Mm. That's a good question. <laughs> it's like, how much time do we have? You know, I mean, the the NDP has a history of connecting with progressive parties around the world. But I do believe that we've we've grown distant from uh, from a kind of energy that's that's been building here in our in our own country and around the world where people and and I would definitely say many young people want to see a bolder more visionary progressive political movement and uh, you know we we've seen obviously in the UK right the movement that was built uh, in support and around uh Jeremy Corbyn right we know of momentum we know the incredible support that Jeremy Corbyn had, uh, but we also know that that was a, a very active movement on the ground, supporting many others, MPs, you know, uh, people at various levels of of, of government, uh, in in the trade union movement, in community organizations. Uh, we know the same to be the case in in the U.S. Right? Uh, there was an incredible movement built and in many ways led by Bernie Sanders. But that movement has gone on to elect incredibly progressive and inspiring people across the U.S. US in places you wouldn't even imagine that being possible, uh, given given the reality there. And I would say, and, and on all these fronts, it's, it's, you know, these movements have, have, have been built and have affected change in the face of immense uh, pressure and uh, um, reaction and opposition, right? You know, it, it certainly, uh, uh, you know, it's 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 these have been powerful movements, but not because people haven't tried to to push them down and shut them down, right? And uh, you know, and I I see that same kind of energy, that desire to see a more progressive and more bold political representation uh, here in our own country, and um, and I think we really need to to hear that and uh you know and 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 to, to to respect that right and what we're hearing from people is that the status quo is not acceptable right and covid proves that right the status quo where where you know the people that are central in our lives right our our elders our seniors our grandparents have paid for this crisis have paid for privatization and austerity and increasingly a society that doesn't always place the value on life that it should with their lives right or you know you you look at at, at the fact that you know you know, job killing trade deals and 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 privatization of of uh, the CADM laboratories, right, ha have led us to a point where we don't have as a country, right, Canada, a country as wealthy as Canada doesn't have the capacity to produce what we need most personal protective equipment, vaccines, you name it, you know, we're not able to to produce what we need to stay safe. None of this is by accident, right? Uh, you know, the fact that some of the highest rates of COVID, uh, you know, here in my own province, right? 30% of the population in Manitoba is First Nations. 70% of the COVID cases have been among First Nations people, 
right? And, uh, you know, we've seen higher rates of death, higher rates of, of, uh, of, of cases. And, uh, you know, and, and none of this is by accident. It is, in the case of Indigenous communities, a result of federal neglect, colonial policies, and, 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 the, and the policies of neoliberalism, right? Austerity that have been pushed on communities here in our own country, right? And so, so none of this is by accident. And we need to be able to call that out and say that, no, we're not, you know, we don't want to tinker around the edges. What we need is some bold action uh, to, to fight for what we, what we know we need, what, what, what activists on the front lines are saying that we need, what people who've lost loved ones have said that we need, what Indigenous communities are saying that we need, right? What, what trade unions representing the workers and meatpacking plants are saying that we need, right? And, um, uh, and you can't just do that with a hashtag or, or a slogan, right? That work needs to happen. That 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 organizing work needs to happen hand in hand. I mean, it's already happening, you know. So we need to connect with that at the political level. And uh, you know, and I, I I am certainly proud of of uh, uh, you know a lot of the things that the NDP has pushed for during this pandemic. But I think this is also a critical time to be visionary. And that's what Progressive International is talking about. And it's not just a sort of it'd be nice. It is a question of life and death, right? Whether it's, you know, the climate emergency as well. You know, this is the time where we need to see bold action. This is a moment in history where we need to call for transformative change and work with those that are already working to make that happen. And, uh, you know, and, and that's why I think that this event isn't just, you know, an, an exciting and inspiring opportunity for us as progressives to, to get together and, and, uh, and listen to, uh, uh, an incredible champion like, like Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, but it's, it's also the beginning of, of being able to connect and, uh, and work with Progressive International and work with our own, you know, connect with, with each other here in our own country. Uh, to uh, to really see that vision for transformative change, you know, go forward. I'm Liv Agar. I'm a leftist and a co-host of the anti-QAnon podcast, QAnon Anonymous. And I value the conversation that Nikki Ashton and Jeremy Corbyn are having because international solidarity has always been an essential quality of leftist organizing. These processes of connection-making are crucial for many reasons for the left's ability as an international force to help defend each other against conservative smears, our capacity to collaborate on organizing strategies and plans of action, and our potential to develop meaningful material connections between similarly-minded organizations that happen to be across a set of arbitrary borders. The issues being discussed in the upcoming conversation between Corbett and Ashton are international in nature for good reason. The left has always been internationally-minded. From climate change, to the COVID crisis, to the proliferation of racism and fascism, the issues that the left is facing, and which the world desperately needs us to solve, are international in nature. And if we do not band together across borders to help solve them, then we will all end up failing alone. My name is Janine Kalik, and I'm a Palestinian content creator from Australia, living on Gadigal land. The smears against Jeremy Corbyn and anybody who associates with him are underpinned by the false and insidious conflation that supporting Palestinian human rights and self-determination is anti-Semitic. It's an argument employed to silence critics of the Israeli regime, most especially Palestinians, while the state of Israel continues to expropriate land 
massacre, occupy Palestinians and deny the right of return to all Palestinian refugees. We will stand up for our rights and we will not be silenced or cowered by bad faith attacks. The false equivalence has been used to shut down and chill academics, journalists and politicians since time immemorial and we will not stand by. So, so when we talk about this connecting and building, how do we how do we build this this leftist solidarity, especially in the face of so much backlash? I believe that there are many ways, and I would say that um, you know I know we we uh, we talked a bit about it before before we got started, right? I mean this this week we saw a lot of uh, a lot of attacks against our event with Jeremy Corbyn, uh, but what we also saw was was many people, uh, you know, we saw it publicly on social media. I certainly received many messages of support from people that said, you know, these attacks are not acceptable, but they also said, I agree in this, in, in, in the need for a progressive vision. I agree in the need to build solidarity across borders and within our own country. And to me, that's a clear sign that people are, are, that we're all hungry for this, right? That we know that the status quo is, uh, has, has, has let us down, has pushed so many people to the edge, right? And, and so there's, there's this hope that we can do that we can do more, that we can do something, right, to push for the kind of world that uh, that that we believe, you know, has to has to emerge out of this crisis. So, so I think one of the ways is uh, is 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 finding ways to come together, right? And and uh, you know, and this event is a key example, right? Obviously, we're 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 wanting to see as many people show up and attend the event, uh, but. But through this event, you know, we're going to be building an email list, right, and, and contacts and uh, connecting with with uh, left wing voices like yours, right, that are out there building these communities and, and saying, you know, what are you working on? You know, what are you hearing? Where can we uh, build support? What com- campaigns can we elevate? You know, how can we build solidarity in terms of the actions that many are already taking place on the ground? And part of it is, again, you know, the, the system has has you know, with expertise managed to isolate us and especially during this crisis. Um, so let's find ways to connect, to come together, even if we can't quite do it physically uh, in so many ways, you know, there, there are other alternatives. And, and I've, and I saw that this week, right? People that are coming together and saying no, right. And, and people that are also having a, a new kind of conversation, which is, which is the, the absolute need to recognize that, that, the kinds of attacks we're seeing increasingly by the mainstream media, uh, by uh, conservative interests, is uh, is also a demonization of the left, right? And uh, you know, and they'll use what they can, right? Whether it's the weaponization of anti-Semitism or other arguments to uh, to shut the left down, and we need to call that out and uh, and talk about how how critical voices must be heard. And, uh, you know, and I know many have pointed to the irony of, of the cancel, of, 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 of the right, you know, uh, criticizing cancel culture, right. But, um, uh, but doing everything in their power to silence me and others, uh, that, uh, you know, that have, that have talked about the need for progressive politics and, and, uh, and, and building solidarity around the world. Right. So I think it is very important to, to call that, uh, silencing out, which is very much connected to the rise of the far right in our country and around the world. And, uh, you know, and, and to elevate each other's voices, right. To, 
to elevate the kind of work that's happening on the ground right now. And I really see uh, this event as, as the first of its kind. There will be more. And in between, you know, we have the opportunity to build connections and build that solidarity, uh, you know, even here in Canada. Yes. And uh, it's very important because I, like you've said, and we said even before this call, there's, there's a hunger. And I know that from like my Twitter feed. I know that from the asks I get, and I know that from like projects that I work on and there's a hunger to learn from others, but also just to have like a space where people can go who have these left internationalist politics. Um, and in this pandemic, as you've mentioned, um, and we've mentioned on the show a few times has overexposed some of the stark realities and brought the fault lines of an unjust system to the fore for many. Um, And one of Progressive International's campaigns includes building tenant power during COVID-19, something we care a lot about on this show. We brought on tenant organizers multiple times from different parts of Canada. And Progressive International recognized that tenants of everywhere were under attack. It's not just Canada. It's it's everywhere in this world. Um, Landlords have uh, absolute power to just displace people and unhouse them. And this has always been the case. But during a pandemic, it's it's you're telling people to stay at home and they can't stay at home. And Progressive International created a toolkit that helps people and their neighbors organize and fight back. So I want my audience to know that and to know that th- this is a one example of how an organization like this can help us here and help others. And we we take lessons from each other. So, um, Nikki, how are groups like Progressive International doing these types of cool ki- toolkits? Cool. It is a cool kit. Um, able, <laughs> able to give us um, hope to reimagine a world that does not grind down everyday people individually. It is very much a, an organization that's keen to, to bolster the, the practical side of fighting back. And, and uh, that's a great example of, of a campaign that's uh, that's global in nature. Uh, you know, and I, I and I, I think that, that we have the capacity to, to learn uh, and, and build so much more as we go forward, uh, you know, as as. Um, you know, as folks will know, uh, the event we're doing with Jeremy Corbyn is also a fundraiser uh, because we've offered to help raise money for this organization so that it can do more. It has a policy of not taking corporate donations, uh, for example. Uh, you know, it, it relies on a small donor culture, but it's new, right? So one of the things we've said is it's let's build a network, especially in parts of the world where people may have, you know, even just a little bit of money, a few dollars to send to say, you know what, this is the kind of work I see my community needing and and I see our movements needing. And I would say that the sort of the key message coming out of that, and as you pointed out as well, Nasha, is the point that we're not alone, right? That what we're fighting is common to so many people, whether it's rising inequality and and the, the, um, the struggle of, of, uh, of, of tenants, rights activists, tenants is, uh, is very much part of that, that struggle against rising inequality, right? The struggle against uh, the rise of the far right, you know, it's something that, that we're hearing of globally. And I've, in some of our, of our, uh, virtual meetings, you know, I've heard some, some very disturbing stories from activists about the way that they have been targeted, uh, because they've been outspoken against fascism and the rise of, of, uh, of, of the far right in their communities. Um, you know, again, the threat of the climate emergency, 
one of the council members involved in Progressive International is uh, uh, is a lawyer who works on climate justice uh, work in uh, uh, in the Pacific Islands, and he's uh, he's indigenous to the Pacific Islands, and he's talked about the struggle against not just big polluters, but also the the U.S. military industrial complex, right? And and I wouldn't know those stories if uh, if if we didn't have the opportunity to connect and start from a starting point that says, look, we're we're all going through common struggles. Let's hear how how each of us is reacting to that and is fighting back. And there is power in knowing that. And there is power from learning from that. Uh, you know, and 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 those in power would like to do anything uh, in their power for us not to be able to do that. And I and I sincerely believe that that part of the attack against the event we're doing is 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 an attack, you know, to discourage and uh, um, undermine this work even going forward. It's not just about this event. It is, but it's also about about a lot more than that. So we have the opportunity to denounce that noise. I don't think it's I don't think it's okay to ignore it. I think it's important to denounce it to call it out for what it is, which I mentioned earlier, the demonization of the left, you know, the, the weaponization of anti-Semitism, and, uh, and, 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 and along with that to say, you know, how in spite of that, can we come together and, uh, and, and listen to each other and, uh, and take strength from, from what everybody is doing and support those struggles uh, for, for social, environmental, and economic justice. Hello, friends. This is Dwight Rhinosaurus. If you consider yourself a member of the left, you'll understand that your attention to issues of solidarity amongst the international working class is paramount in the war between capital and labor. The 20th and 21st centuries have seen a logarithmic strengthening of multinational conglomerates that are hell-bent on gaining and retaining power and ownership of what should be democratically owned resources. In short, they have learned to organize internationally. Therefore, so should we. Americans, like myself, can be easily distracted and entranced with domestic issues of palace intrigue and 24-hour news cycles, and these are purposeful distractions. They obfuscate from the broader war between the working and ownership classes. The last thing capital wants is for us laborers to understand that we have more in common with a worker in Britain or Canada or Vietnam or Cameroon or Brazil than we do with a factory owner in any of those countries. International solidarity among us is a threat to their hegemony. So it shouldn't be a surprise when thinly veiled attempts at smears against leaders of the left arise when they are working in efforts of international solidarity among the working class. Propaganda like this is easily spotted as it often leaves the mouths of those with interests that depend on the hegemony or business model of colonialism, exploitation, and just downright cruelty. Throughout history, the strongest weapon against racism, xenophobia, and discrimination of all kinds has been the organization of labor under a left-wing worldview. Of course, they want to stop us. As such, we should support and applaud all efforts to espouse the broader left-wing worldview and shame and combat those that try to stifle it. I look forward to the conversation between Nikki Ashton and Jeremy Corbyn and suggest that we keep a watchful eye on those who ignorantly parroted the right wing smears against them. In solidarity, Dwight.
So let's actually talk then about some of the on the ground campaigns that Progressive International is doing. You mentioned Make Amazon Pay already, and it's great to know that I think that was quite popular and it's great to know that that came from Progressive International. There's also been the July campaign for sovereignty of the Ecuadorian people, um, organizing for an international Green New Deal with Sunrise Movement, working with Cuba, hands off Cuba to lift the embargo canceled debt, you know, working with, with Bernie Sanders, Ilhan Omar um, for for debt forgiveness. And so what do you know about some of these campaigns? Where can how can people learn more about them? How can they maybe even start their own and, and connect? I mean, don't those sound like such cool campaigns? Yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh I mean, it's just, it's a really incredible organization. And I really want to stress that it's, it's, it's nascent. It's only started. So there's a lot more. In fact, one of the things that, um, uh, many of us have have also been proposing is is the need to do more work uh, across the Americas to to support people's movements here in our own uh, continents and 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 specifically, you know, uh, taking on Canada's role, for example, in uh, pushing an imperialist agenda in uh, Latin America and South America, right? And uh, and 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 showing in however many ways possible, solidarity for the people's movements that, uh, you know, are so active there, right? Um, like, meanwhile, we have our government, Christopher Freeland, Justin Trudeau, supporting the U.S. line, supporting Canadian corporate, especially mining interests. What can we as Canadians do to counteract that? Not just speaking out in our own country, but to support people in these communities and in these countries that are being pushed down in part because the roles being played by our governments. Right. And, uh, and so that's an, that's a, an idea that's being discussed right now. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I, and that's something that, um, also requires some fundraising. So that's something that we're, you know, I, I really, I really, um, I really want to see supported as well. Right. And, um, you know, and so, so, but you, you spoke to the breadth of, of the campaigns that, that, uh, Progressive International is supporting, is, is elevating, uh, you know, is amplifying, right? These are very much locally driven campaigns. You mentioned canceling the debt, uh, the work of the Sunrise Movement on the Green New Deal, right? The tenants, uh, campaigns, tenants' rights campaigns. You know, these are, these are very much rooted in communities. And, um, you know, and I, I think, uh, I mean, many of those movements already exist in our own country, but how can we, um, you know, and, and, and many of the activists involved in these movements are already connected to activists, say in the US and elsewhere. But I think it's incumbent on, on those of us that support and are allies in these struggles and believe in these struggles to, um, uh, you know, to find out what they're doing, right? You know, what's the latest in, in terms of the fight for a Green New Deal, right? You know, how can I connect with with what they're doing? You know, amplify their message to Canadian politicians uh, or, or you know, support the trans-border work that they're doing, right? You know, how can, I, how can I share that in my community? So I think Progressive International is an incredible resource to know what's happening right now and to bring that message back and to sort of say, in my role as X, what can I do? Right. And uh, I mean, in, in your role as hosting a, a, a progressive podcast, you know, you're going above and beyond to say, you know, guys, this is out there. Right. We're so busy, including in this crisis, just, you know, for a lot of people just trying to, you know, get by. Right. Get it, you know, day to day. Right. So, you know, how can we pierce through some of that and say what you're going through is um, and the struggles you're facing are common struggles and there's people fighting back, you know, check it out, check out Progressive International, um, you know, you know, they'll, they, 
in many ways will tell you what's happening even in your own backyard. Right. And, uh, and, and, and really it's what we make of it as well. Right. And so as we build the organization, the membership base, the network, uh, there's much more opportunity, I would say, in sort of say in, in, in us hearing from one another what's happening in our own country. And I certainly want to amplify the struggles here in our own country. Um, in this event, for example, on March 20th with Jeremy Corbyn, we're also going to be hearing from other activists within Canada. Uh, and uh, we've we've asked people already to submit questions, right? So, so profiling some of the struggles, the concerns, the priorities people have in our own country is very important to us. And, uh, and I think is, is, can help inform the way we build progressive international going forward. Thank you so much. And, um, uh, you touched on this a little bit, but we wanted to ask a, a bigger question around this, that last year, the global left witnessed a great victory, perhaps the biggest one in 2020 that we saw with Louis Arce, the Bolivian presidential candidate for MAS, Bolivia's movement towards socialism, winning 52.4% of the vote, more than even what Evo won. So it was like a cementing of like, we actually want a left here. And as we know, foreign supported right wing governments uh, created the conditions and orchestrated a coup uh, and Canadian media and parts of the government backed that too. That coup. And we, we see uh, pushback from groups like Progressive International against that kind of foreign meddling that happens. And and this was arguably this this win that uh, Louis Arce had was arguably a blow to Canadian foreign policy under the Trudeau government. Um, and, and why do moments like that and pushback through popular educa- education like campaigns that Progressive International has? Why does that matter to a stronger internationalist left and to Canadians who don't necessarily always know what Canada's doing in these countries. It was a huge moment. Absolutely huge. And, uh, you know, it's it certainly in some of the coverage uh, I saw, I mean, not only, as you point out, Nashville, was it a historic victory, but much of it was, was, was rooted in, you know, in, in, in the people's desire to show not just the right in their own country, but the right around the world, corporate interests around the world that no, they will not, they will not have the say in who, who governs them. Right. And, you know, and, and, you know, and there was a lot of solidarity from around the world and a lot of people that, uh, you know, rushed to denounce the spin that, as you point out, we were getting in our own country, right. About what was happening in Bolivia. And, uh, and so it was a, it was an incredible moment. And, and it's something that, uh, uh, that I hope we'll see more of, you know, and I think that, that one of the ways we can help support movements like this is through solidarity building, is through, the kinds of networks we can build through Progressive International. There's a number of folks from Latin America that are involved in the organization uh, from a number of countries. Uh, you know, many of them are involved. Some are, were involved in uh, leftist movements, even during, uh, you know, very, uh, very difficult times during military dictatorships. Others are, are young and, and have been involved in, uh, uh, you know, some of the more current struggles. In fact, uh, one of the council members is involved in the uh, very historic student strikes in Chile. Right. And so so you have a real cross section of people uh, that are that are, you know, sharing what's happening in their own countries that are building these struggles for 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 people's power, for for democracy. Right. And uh, and we have the chance to connect to them and uh, and bypass the, the the BS that we're hearing from our own government, uh, including on their official Twitter accounts about what we're doing in Latin America. 
So yeah, so I, I, um, I'm excited that Progressive International is looking at doing more work in the Americas. And I think that's something that many, many of us as progressives here in Canada uh, want to see as well, judging from the, the, uh, the activism that, that already exists here in our own country. Hi, I'm uh, Felix Spiderman. I'm a uh, co-host and co-founder of Chapo Trap House and a documentarian and author. I'm making this video today about the uh, fervor against Nikki Ashton and the bad faith accusations of anti-Semitism against her and against Jeremy Corbyn. I think this is so important because, as we saw with Corbyn, there is no appeasing groups and lobbies who say that any type of organized left in the world, and especially in the West, in countries that Israel needs to continue its brutalization of Palestinians, they're always going to say that it's anti-Semitic. And there's never going to be any satisfying that. There's never going to be any apologizing for that that is adequate. And the cowardice shown by NDP itself has been more frustrating than the bad faith accusations from outside the NDP. Those are to be expected. But from inside the NDP, it's inexcusable. And it it completely ignores the voices of Jewish members of the NDP and the broader anti-imperialist community who are against Israel and are against the goals of this lobby. It's really important to stand with Nikki Ashton and to prevent this lobby from doing to her what they've done to too many other brave individuals and groups. Hi, I'm Arif Hassan of the Wide Left Podcast, and I think conversations like the one Progressive International is having with Nikki Ashton and Jeremy Corbyn on March 20th are important because continuing to develop an international movement towards leftist politics is critical to our survival, and we can't let the political framing of our opponents stop us from engaging in the politics of compassion. If you want to, we'd be really interested to talk about, you know, what's upcoming locally, both in your writing, um, what's happening, what is some of the work happening, happening in Manitoba, what's happening with the NDP. We know the convention is coming up. So how can we use these forums for organizing as well? I think these forums are an are, are important source of, of inspiration at a time where the COVID crisis has made life more difficult for a lot of people, but also at a time where a lot of people want to see a bolder kind of progressive vision out there. So this event on March 20th is, is an upbeat event. It's talking about, you know, the future, how we can build solidarity, you know, how we can take on, yes, the crises of our time, but in, in, in progressive, in proactive, in collective ways. And I think that's something that, that, you know, so many of us are energized to hear about. And I can say that definitely here from, from where I'm sitting, from my community, where the COVID crisis has been very, very difficult and deadly for a lot of the, the communities in, in our part of the country, particularly for First Nations, right? So the opportunity to come together and say, how do we come out of this? in a way where 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 we're not 
repeating or continuing the status quo and when we're not tinkering around the edges or when we're not using just sort of the slogan um, and and not the sort of the substance of what we want to see change in this world. And how do we do that in practical terms? Who, you know, how do we build that solidarity? How do we connect with each other? And that's what this event really is about. I think it's something that uh, that is valuable at any time. It's also valuable leading up to, you know, a moment in, in the NDP, for example, where, where we have a convention uh, where, which is always an opportunity for grassroots members to be heard, to put forward positions and and uh, and a vision for the party going forward. Uh, you know, I know there's been a lot of coverage of the kinds of uh, very progressive resolutions that are being put forward uh, at the convention. Right, this this uh, this is there's real potential to push the party to be more progressive, uh, to be more in line with what activists and social movements are already working on and calling for. Uh, and so, you know, I think that's a, that's a, a, another potential moment and, and, uh, of, of, uh, of change. And, uh, and I hope that this event will be a source of energy for, for all of us, not just looking ahead to that convention, but, uh, uh, but, but to what lies ahead coming out of this crisis. You know, many of us, whether it's in, in, in my generation, right, as millennials or, or, you know, obviously Gen Z generation, uh, um, you know, coming up after us, there's a very clear sense that we cannot afford this world the way it's going, right? Um, whether it is increasing inequality, whether it is the rise of hate and fascism, whether it is the threat of the climate emergency. So the question is, what do we do and how do we work together to fight back? We know that the system is broken. So how do we change it? People are already working on that. People are already fighting back. Let's build that, those relationships, that solidarity, that support. And let's, let's push that vision, that bold vision, uh, forward with everything that, that, that we've got to, to make it the world that, that, that we want and need going forward. Thank you so much. And it's it's been so great to chat with you on a Sunday and it always is. And one thing I always think about is um, Angela Davis. Uh, around this time last year, Ryan and I were at a talk with her for International Women's Day and and somebody asked her about like the loneliness of the left. And she's like, I've never been lonely. Even when I was in solitary, I was never lonely because I knew the people had my back. And I'm always thinking about the ancestor I want to be and how I want to be that now. And I think groups like Progressive International and movements like this and conversations like this with Jeremy Corbyn, that's that's happening on March 20th. Those are all parts of that. And that's all parts of like being together, learning together, knowing together and fighting back together and resisting together. So I'm, I'm so happy that Canada is starting to have a, a space and a hunger and a, and, a, and a hub for us to have this. Yeah, and and it's just fantastic to see to see this being built. I think I was also thinking about the Angela Davis talk. <laughs> um, yeah, she's so inspiring. Um, she is so inspiring. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean, the, the more of these, the better, right? And the more that people can see that the work is happening, there's places they can join and, and take part. That's the only way we can really fight back. And so we're really looking forward to this event. Thank you so much, Nikki, for coming back onto the podcast. We love having you on. Where can people register for this event? Where can they find out more about Progressive International and stay in touch? 
Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, well, uh, first off to the event, uh, you can check out our, our social media pl- platforms, Facebook and Twitter. All the information is there. Uh, I believe it's also circulating on, on Instagram. Uh, if folks uh, aren't able to get through it, don't hesitate to reach out uh, uh, to our office as well. It is a progressive international event, but of course, we're, we're making the information available. And um you know, and obviously we've asked it's pay as you can so that we can raise a bit of money for, for this new, relatively new organization. But if folks don't have money, aren't in a position to be able to donate, uh, we have asked people to sponsor, uh, folks and, and, uh, perhaps pay over the suggested price. We've already seen a number of people do that. Uh, so we are, uh, going to be, uh, releasing spots as well for, for, uh, for people that, uh, um, that want to be there no matter what. Uh, so please keep in touch on that front. If you have any questions, just let us know please share the event with your friends family people that don't that may not listen to this amazing podcast but you know care I mean if there's one thing I've seen over the last few days is there's definitely intergenerational support for this event right um you know folks that aren't aren't uh, as active on the twitters but uh but are just like yeah we need this and then and then a lot of us and and younger folks that are just like you know giving her on social media so (laughs) so uh there's a we're seeing a lot of traction um, but let's make it as big as possible, right? Again, this is only the beginning. We're looking at doing other events and, and other, uh, looking at other ways of connecting down the line. And, you know, finally, I just really want to thank you guys. Nashua, I want to thank you and Ryan for creating this space. What this last week has proven to me, uh, again, is the absolute need for a uh, critical media that's out there, uh, a media that uh, that creates space for voices on the left, uh, for voices that uh, are, are, are targets by the mainstream media to shut us down. And I don't just mean me, but many, many others. And, uh, and not just the tax, but also, also uh, uh, you know, the marginalization of so many voices. But it's podcasts like yours, it's voices like yours that are helping create conversations that, that that uh, keep us all going, including me on a very personal level. So I want to thank you for the ongoing work that you do. And I'm so excited you'll be part of the March 20th, 20th event and we will keep in touch. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. I'm really grateful for the clips and solidarity that has been shown for Nikki Ashton and the fact that people really want to show up for this event. So please be sure to check out the show notes for some more readings that complement this episode and a link to the event. Again, on March 20th, Nikki Ashton and Jeremy Corbin are hosting a fundraiser for Progressive International. We hope to see you there. To close this episode, we are ending with a clip from the Palestinian Youth Movement. Speaking as a member of the Palestinian Youth Movement and the Palestinian community in Canada, MP Nikki Ashton is one of the few elected representatives who represents the views of Palestinians and works to uphold human rights and freedom for all. While it is very unfortunate that the event of her conversation with the former British Labour Party leader, Jeremy Corbyn, has led both figures to be accused of anti-Semitism, it comes as no shock to most Palestinians, who are consistently falsely accused in this way as a tactic of silencing and demonizing their calls for freedom and justice. The attacks on Nikki Ashton and Jeremy Corbyn on grounds of anti-Semitism is another page in a long book of disingenuous accusations meant to discredit those who speak truth to power and distract from the reality on the ground in Palestine. It is a well-documented and proven fact that the state of Israel has violently uprooted and displaced Palestinians from their ancestral lands, causing Palestinians to either be in exile, under Israeli military occupation, or under siege in Gaza. 
Palestinians have been sharing their lived experiences of living under Zionist colonial rule for decades. Recently, there have been countless fact-finding missions and reports from human rights organizations that confirm this reality for Palestinians beyond doubt. Meanwhile, legitimate criticisms of Israel are being silenced increasingly by the Zionist lobby under the flag of fighting anti-Semitism. We see this being repeated yet again, with Nikki Ashton and Jeremy Corbyn being called anti-Semites for the solidarity with the Palestinian people, while their accusers in the Zionist lobby have not been able to produce any evidence of anti-Semitism to prove their claims against either of them. For the past few years, there has been an international campaign to redefine anti-Semitism to conflate it with legitimate criticisms of the state of Israel. The result is the controversial IHRA working definition of anti-Semitism, which Israel has been tirelessly lobbying for in countries around the world. Prominent human rights organizations, civil liberty associations, and even the author of the IHRA working definition of anti-Semitism have warned against its threats to freedom of speech, as well as other societal dangers that this definition poses if it is legally binding. The Palestinian cause for justice and freedom for our people is stronger and more determined than to be silenced by the coordinated tactics of colonial governments. We stand in solidarity with Nikki Ashton and Jeremy Corbyn and affirm their right to bring attention to the atrocities committed by Israel against the Palestinian people. Hey, these episodes take a small team Solo episodes are hosted by me, Ashwalina Khan. American political episodes are co-hosted by Dawson Kimian. Canadian political episodes are co-hosted by Ryan Deshpande. Music and art for Hibipti Please is done by Post America and Johnny Zapras. Editing is done by Johnny Zapras. Production assistance by Raymond Hanano and Dawson Kimian and sometimes some other Habibis on our team. Consider giving to us on Patreon to help fuel our team with chai and other fun things at patreon forward slash habibti please and you can find us on twitter at habibti please with a b this takes a bit of money and your support helps us carry on the show and continue producing some unique content so it's much appreciated yalla let's grab some tea and shisha